Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, proximity to policymakers and beyond. The entire area, the DC metro area, is just a great melting pot of different types of people, different cultures, different personalities, etc. So coming from Europe, where we're kind of used to that sort of interaction, uh, to a place like DC, uh, you can feel very much at home. Cybersecurity and entrepreneurship are an enormous opportunity for the greater Washington region. By my estimation, there are almost a thousand cybersecurity businesses operating right now trying to make things happen. Startups are the future of entrepreneurship and job creation in this region around cybersecurity. Another great example of a startup that's making things happen here in Washington is Grant Elliott, CEO and founder of Ostendio, a startup that's growing in Boston. Grant, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. It's good to be here. Well, how... How do you see the cybersecurity opportunity? What is your business doing to demystify what, frankly, for many people is a, a very hard thing to understand? Sure. Well, I think that sometimes when you throw the, the term cybersecurity, people get very sort of focused on the concept of cyber. Um, and as a result, many of the companies that you see sort of bracketed in that area are very technical in nature. They're maybe doing things like log detection, perimeter uh, protection, you know, a lot of technical capabilities that most people don't understand because they're the, the land of the kind of IT and the geeks. We take a fundamentally different approach. We focus on the fact that security is really the realm of people. At the end of the day, if you look at what are you trying to protect, you're trying to protect data. Data resides in different things. Those things can include computers, paper, any other component, and people have access to those things. And so the question is, how do we control and manage the people and their interaction with the data uh, rather than just controlling the technology itself? I don't think that enough people really focus on that, that the reality of cybersecurity, well, look at what happened with Edward Snowden. I mean, the reality is, is that cybersecurity is only as good as the the access to data and the people involved. So is that what your business is involved in? Well, so look, technology's evolved a long way. And today, when you store data, for example, in AWS or Microsoft Azure or, or any type of a data technology, the likelihood of someone hacking into that data has become less and less uh, 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 likely because the, the protection and perimeter protection is so good today. Much more likely is the fact that someone who's going to share their user ID and password and actually have that information uh, accessed uh, illicitly by a third party who's been able to obtain that information. Um, some of the major data uh, breaches that have happened in the last couple of years. Like the Yahoo breach, for example. Exactly. Uh, or even we just need to look around and we're in the D.C. area with uh, the DNC breach, right? Um, as the, the email that was hacked was hacked because um, um, whoever conducted that uh, hack was able to get access to user ID and password information. They didn't form a technical breach. And so the reality really is that, you know, you need to make sure that you're educating people and people understand, um, you know, uh, what they need to do. And organizations, I think, forget that. They really focus very much on a very technical component. But fundamentally, what does an organization need to do? They need to know what data do they have, where is that data, who has access to that data, and do the people that are accessing that data have the right to it and do they know how to deal with it? If you can answer those questions, then you have a good way of finding a, a strategy to protect that data. And some of that strategy is going to include technical solutions, but a lot of it's going to be just basic requirements like training people and how they should be handling that data in the first place. So is your business more of a consultative business or is it a software business? No, it's a software as a service business because again, we fundamentally focus on the fact we want to simplify and do the work for the individual. You know, my background is I used to be the chief information security officer and chief operations officer of a digital health company here in this area. 
Um, and you know what we found was that once you start understanding all the different tasks that you need to perform to protect data, to understand where it is, to know who's accessing it, as I mentioned, it becomes very, very difficult to manage all those in one place. So we've kind of built a workflow management solution that helps with every aspect of managing uh, and, 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 and monitoring your information security program. So if I'm a, a hospital or a healthcare provider or a business, what do I do? I, I just, I go and subscribe to your software and you basically educate me on how to keep my data safe? Well, the platform itself is a bit like, you know, if you think about Salesforce, right? I mean, you know, you can go and you can log on and you can build up a Salesforce account. You still need to understand the, the basic concepts of selling. And so you'd go and configure your Salesforce platform around with your sales team and how your sales process actually works. It's just exactly the same with our platform. So again, one of the first things you're doing within our platform is understanding what policies and procedures you need to implement. Typically, if you want to demonstrate whether you've got an effective security program, it needs to be measurable, right? Otherwise, how do you know you've been successful? So you're going to measure it against a specific standard or regulation. And healthcare, HIP is a big regulation, but most standards include things like ISO 27002. There's a lot of NIST standards. And so that sets the benchmark for what you need to do. And all those regulations and standards outline a set of processes and steps that you should be taking as an organization. You know, basic things like training your staff, doing risk assessments, our platform walks uh, the organization through those specific steps and then all the activities they need to do, whether it be documentation, training, asset management, you build all that functionality into our platform. So 5% roughly of cybersecurity businesses in this region are structured like yours as product businesses. Why'd you come here? So, well, I mean, there's obviously a personal narrative as to why I'm in the area. And my background, obviously, I'm sure people can tell from my accent, I'm not a Native American. Um, I originally come from Scotland, uh, and I came over here about 17 years ago as part of the telecom boom. So I used to work for BT, AT&T, uh, and stayed here because, again, it's a great area. If you come from Scotland, uh, you realize that it rains a lot more in Scotland than it does here. So the weather clearly is a, a, certainly a great attraction. The entire area, the DC metro area, is just a great melting pot of different types of people, different cultures, different personalities, etc. So coming from sort of Europe, where we're kind of used to that sort of interaction, uh, to a place like DC, uh, it, it, you, you can feel very much at home. You're here now, you're growing this business. What are the biggest impediments regionally to help a business like yours grow? Because as I say, by recent count, only 5% of cybersecurity businesses are growing product businesses. What's this region lacking? Because Silicon Valley would <laughs> be 95% product and 5% service. What's missing here? Well, first of all, I think that this is a great area, right? I mean, I, you know, I've been here, as I said, for a number of years, and I think that the the talent in this area uh, is, is second to none. Uh, you know, the fact that the uh, there's so much government work, it attracts a certain level of, uh, a certain degree of talent. Um, I've w certainly from a, uh, both in my previous organizations and building this organization, never struggled to find talent for the organization. And we have a, an incredibly talented pool of people within, uh, within our team. Um, I think one of the challenges, if you were really to compare um, the startup growth, uh, is probably uh, of access to investment dollars. I mean, in order for you to build a really successful, particularly a SaaS-based product, uh, you need to really invest uh, within that. And so available to um, accessibility to um, effective capital, I think, is a challenge. Um, if you look at uh, areas like Sil Silicon Valley, if you look at areas like, you know, New England, Boston, that sort of area, New York, 
they've been very, very successful in building a community that really uh, helps to work with local startups and to basically invest. I think that's starting to happen in DC. I think there's been a long process for it to happen in DC and the DC metro area. But I think you know one of the impediments that we have here is that the the, the respective uh, state governments like DC, Virginia, Maryland still operate independently. And I think if we could find ways to bring that together um, and really have more of a sort of regional play in terms of startup capital, that would have a big impact. You'll get no disagreement from me. I completely agree with you that we will rise and fall much better if we're together. Grant Elliott, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. I wish you the best of luck as you grow Ostendio and just the kind of company that we need to have this region if it's going to become a place where entrepreneurs can truly succeed. I appreciate that, Jonathan. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. Our executive producers, Tracy Madigan, and our online contributors are Michael Hoffman and Barbara Ulrich. I am Jonathan Aberman. We tell you what's working in Washington, but we're also asking the question, what's working in Washington for you? So please let us know. We're on Twitter at What's Working DC. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, goodbye.